Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman with Becker's Healthcare. Today, we're going to discuss how personalized medicine can support quality, growth, and equity goals. For this conversation, we're thrilled to be joined by Damon Hostin, Senior Director of Market Access at Illumina. Damon, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Brian. So, so let's dive in here, and I'm sure most of our listener, listeners are, are familiar with Illumina, but just to sort of set the stage for the conversation, um, can you just tell us a little bit about Illumina from, from your perspective and, and what you do? Sure, of course. Um, you know, I joined Illumina about three years ago, and what's amazing uh, is I've spent about 25 years in the industry, and uh, during the course of its uh 20-year existence, Illumina has proceeded to touch almost every element uh, of genomics, of molecular diagnostics, precision health, uh, and molecular medicine. So Illumina generates technologies, uh, technology services, data services that are underpinning uh, some of the most important ways uh, in which genomics is progressing into routine healthcare and has been the cornerstone of most of the major uh, global initiatives around genomic health, uh, precision medicine, uh, elucidating mechanism of action uh, of disease targets, and subsequent use of molecular diagnostics through next-generation sequencing in the clinics. And all of that is uh, positioned so as to bring this dimension of a person, uh, their biologic diversity, into uh, medicine and for consideration in, in segmenting and targeting certain diseases and uh, risk, as well as a very broad breadth of use in things like viral surveillance and other technologies that benefit human health, such as agriculture. Appreciate that overview, Damon, that background there. And, and I think, you know, in healthcare, we've been talking about sort of the promise of precision medicine for, for, for quite a while. And it feels like now with some of the advancements and, and, and some of the work you just talked about, that sort of vision of, of precision medicine and the, the, the future of healthcare is getting a, a bit more crystallized. Uh, it's becoming a bit more clear what this might look like. So can, can you just maybe um, share with readers how this vision of the future is differs, like sort of differs from today's practices? And, and what should folks be thinking about when we, we have conversations today about precision medicine? Sure. You know, precision medicine, the definition changes over time. Uh, in the very beginning of uh, the human genome being uh, sequenced, it was all future looking, right? And I think as uh, molecularly determinant targets of drugs, the understanding of risk markers, uh, other dynamics came to bear, there was a shifting from future looking into the present. And the future is always ever evolving. And, and I think that's an important lens to put on genomics, that while we tend to talk about it year on year at key uh, symposia or conferences, the evidence is what continues to emerge. And I think there's a bit of a discord between the pace of technology and the acceptance and routine care in healthcare. And that is, uh, I think, a very fair gap and the work in between are things such as clinical studies, evidence review, evidence approval, coverage. And what we're seeing, I think, today is we've overtaken the vast majority of key applications to be accepted by providers and payers in routine care. 
That, of course, is a huge milestone in areas such as comprehensive genomic profiling of tumors, non-invasive prenatal screening, uh, as well as we look at things such as pharmacogenomics and others, we're seeing provider and payer acceptance, but these are still test-by-test strategies. And the future now, because of some of the technology underlying uh, these tests and the progression of knowledge based off the research and evidence being generated, the future uh, is is really quite amazing. And we're going to see, I think, yet another inflection point. But there's so much to be done today because of the pace of actual patient benefit. Uh, and, and that benefit, I think we're going to dig into a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. We want to get into some of this. The, the evidence and benefits here that that, that you sort of mentioned uh, in your in your previous answer. So uh, of course, there's there's outcomes here. You know, the, the, this type of information genomics can have a tremendous effect on on patient outcomes, and and there's also evidence to suggest it can also do a lot uh, in terms of controlling the cost of care. So so what else here? What would you add to this 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 list of um, where this sort of the this sort of technology can make a difference for healthcare? Sure. I mean, we have molecular diagnostics that are based off of next generation sequencing all throughout different indications and, and different stages of acuity and health. But, you know, the, the United States health system, and, and I'm being really specific here, I'm so grateful uh, for the chance to engage with the Becker's community. And seeing that I had spent around 10 years working at a very large community health system, uh, I always say, what what would they want to know? Why is it important now? Because there's always the opportunity to be passive. And you could be passive and wait for guidelines and wait for reimbursement and do all of these things. And eventually, uh, activated pathologists and clinicians uh, would ask for certain tests and, and they just come into into play. But there's there's maybe a bit more of this in that the clinically actionable genome today uh, is often being used either sooner or broader than what a, let's say, passive strategy may be. And, and that's because of many of the dynamics that are spoken about in terms of other strategies in healthcare. So when we look at things such as investments in data, capture, structure, and analysis, access technology platforms, even much more, I would say, hands-on strategies such as assuring rides to visits, um, addressing food deserts, and other areas around uh, investments uh, in equity uh, to drive, I would say, uh, better alignment of predictable and, and acceptable outcomes across a catchment you know, there are things such as the shifting ground from fee-for-service to value-based care. Uh, genomics plays a role in that, knowing the risk factors biologically and taking that into account of the other social determinants uh, fits within top-tier health system strategies. Uh, we're also seeing that in the same way, the segmentation of populations by risk and often by capitation or contracting is another reason in which uh, I one of the sort of go-to jokes is, you know, Illumina works globally. And so we work with health systems that literally own the 
patient, as a provider, and a payer for life. And when you look at the way in which genomics is used in those strategies, I like to say there's a single-payer system inside of every large community and academic health system, and those strategies align nicely. So with the erosion of those traditional payer and provider P&L silos, there's a great way, I think, of looking at the value of preventative medicine and more accurate or give the best least amount of care possible type of strategies informed by genomics. And that plays into everything from risk stratification and screenings all the way through to uh, tiers and gates and formulary uh, and utilization management, to be honest. That's a real paradigm shift, right, for, for the industry in terms of, of mindset, in terms of really thinking about the value of preventative care, um, making a more proactive health system, correct, versus a reactive one, which is traditionally what healthcare has been. Am I, am I, is that a fair assessment, Damon? It's, it's very fair. It's one of the most exciting things to talk about the convergence of, uh, I would say, patient goals and system goals with the benefits of use of genomic data in line with other data elements. Um, if it wasn't for these transitions and healthcare were to be solely a fee-for-service enterprise, while, uh, of course, the greatest amount of care come in from all of the clinicians I've worked with over the years, this is yet, I think, a further driver uh, to understand individuals more deeply, know what makes them an individual, uh, how that interplays with health, wellness, or uh, an episode of care, uh, and to act on it. And, and I'm really happy to see that come about in many ways, I guess, uh, market access uh, and, and medical affairs uh, where I am at Illumina is, is sort of the penultimate place during these uh, transitions. Thank you so much, Damon. And, you know, you laid out a ton of sort of examples here about the the, the difference genomics and precision, precision medicine can make in healthcare. But are there any specific clinical uses that we haven't discussed um, uh, in terms of use of, of precision medicine or genomics that we haven't discussed or you would like to reemphasize with listeners before we move to our final question? Sure. Um, I think everyone in healthcare, particularly ones that have uh, addressing the challenges within oncology clinics. You know, oncology has always been one of the key areas of, of genomics. And, and in that, what we see is there have been drugs developed specifically off of the biology of tumors with mutations. And that targeted therapeutics and immunotherapeutics has completely changed the way in which management occurs. And the use of comprehensive genomic profiling is key, not just there, but to have that virtuous cycle of driving uh, further inclusion into clinical trials that then get the evidence for more targeted therapeutics. And it's created sort of this wonderful dynamic. Another area clinically where genomics has done an amazing job in um, improving human health is rare and undiagnosed disease, either in the NICU setting or in pediatric outpatient. And so understanding the totality of the genome and where genetic disease fits 
and how management using that information can improve um, care has been revolutionary. But but this is the part I think where you take what we've learned in the treatment of an acute episode, such as let's say uh, advanced cancers, and we integrate that with the depth of knowledge that's come from things like rare disease. And we look at adult populations, which uh, I don't need to tell the Becker's audience represent the largest area of utilization and spend um, in, in medicine. And so when we look at things like cardiovascular, metabolic disorders, and the way in which a higher acuity, polychronic, comorbid population could be better managed by either understanding underlying biology of cardiovascular disease, the appropriateness of the therapeutics, and using, I would say, some of the forward-looking genomic applications, such as polygenic risk scores and methylation scores, and even proteomics as a way of further segmenting risk around certain episodes. You know, the, the genomic data and, and the democratization and the accessibility of that data is great. But inline is also all of the clinical data attributes that have been able to be ordered. And when a clinical genomic data set is analyzed, you start to see separation in outcomes, in utilization, in risk. And, and I think that's really exciting. So one thing I, I like to talk about is we're going to start to see sort of this oncoification of other disease areas like cardiovascular, meaning understanding the molecular underpinnings of disease will be changing therapeutic choices and will be changing the understanding of overall risk. Oncology is so far ahead of the other uh, disease indications and we've learned from it. And I would say the use of whole genome or whole exome in rare and undiagnosed disease while it's rare, has taught us a tremendous amount of human biology. And this culmination of clinical strategies and knowledge, uh, I think, is going to present a vision of the future. Thank you, Damon. Uh, it truly has been a pleasure speaking with you today. I think where I want to close this conversation is really about the how uh, com component of this. So how can healthcare leaders really bring about more precision medicine, uh, integrate more precision medicine into their institutions? What are some strategies that are useful and, and perhaps even a, even a blueprint, so to speak, um, you could you could share quickly with, with folks before we sign off here? I appreciate it. And, and I'll try to be brief. You know, to say bring in more precision medicine or more personalized medicine on its own, I, I think is a very fair thing, but I like the conversation better when the use of these technologies and the data they represent are part of the underpinning of macro healthcare strategies. And that could be something along the lines of managing a population. And part of that could be uh, the use of population screens or catchment screens, which can also serve in equity uh, or, or addressing clinical quality. I'd say precision medicine also means uh, looking at certain centers of excellence and making sure that there is a portfolio of clinical studies available and opportunities for patients to join. And that has a very strong precision medicine underpinning. I think that the use of clinical genomic data sets 
both as a way of, uh, uh, let's say, clinical uh, clinical data sets, both as a use of a clinical decision support, as well as a potential way of partnering for future studies uh, across the ecosystem. These are all, I think, great opportunities, but there's a triangulation. And what I would say is, in speaking with the, the fantastic laboratory directors and the heads of uh, clinical lab services, you know, that sometimes can be seen as a clinical PL silo. And what's interesting about the power of genomics is it creates value in other areas of the health system. And so for the leaders, I would say a triangulization around the use of genomics and something such as at-risk uh, payment models, uh, of participating in ACOs, taking on a DTE contract, or even a Medicare Advantage contract. It's rare, I think, for the people managing those populations to really use genomics strategically towards an aim. And so I would challenge um, or ask kindly um, the leadership of, of health systems to think, how do I triangulate the expertise in molecular medicine and genomics and molecular diagnostics and lab testing with these other areas of not just you know, clinical centers of excellence or research, but also in ways in which helping those macro goals of the quadruple aim fit into uh, uh, what the what the health system is trying to do at its higher highest level, and and see genomics as a tool in that toolbox, along with data strategies, uh, access, and other uh, advanced technologies as a way of meeting their goals. So, in many ways, we're hoping for a perforation of those silos to allow for value to be realized, because for the want uh, of a small amount of genomic data, it could completely change the course of care and indeed the course of wellness screening of an individual or a population. Excellent. Uh, time to get truly strategic with the use of precision medicine and, and genomics. I, I, Damon, I very much appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. I also want to thank Illumina for sponsoring today's content. Be sure to tune into other Becker's podcasts and have a wonderful rest of your day.